You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. Welcome back. The New York Giants, 20. Chicago Bears, 12. Giants are 3-1. and one. What's going on, Cranky Fan? <laughs> We're 3-1. <three> and one. <laughs> You know, this is not college football, Grump. We don't have polls. We don't have opinion polls. We don't have – it's not perception. We deal in reality, and we deal in facts. And the facts tell me when I looked at my uh, looked at my newspaper this morning because I'm an old man. I looked at the NFC East standings and I see that we are three one, and that really all that for 2022. That's all that matters. I <laughs> this is kind of funny. <laughs> we're I gonna uh, laugh. We're gonna laugh a lot this episode. I uh, yeah. I ordered uh, new gym shorts that were like the most retro-ass Giants thing. I was so disappointed they didn't come yesterday because they're like kind of set up the way like the legacy print stuff is. They have like this, the lining Pretty and fantastic. Stuff. Yeah. They came this morning. So I walked into the gym today wearing my white Giants jacket that I wore to the game. <laughs> the Giants tank top I always wear to like summer stuff. These new Giants shorts – and a Giants hat. <laughs> and guess what? Not one girl looked at him. <laughs> no, but, but – oh, so I, I had to deal with the regular gym hecklers. I'm like, oh, win three games. You come in here like the one that's like, you're damn fucking right. I come exactly. in here dressed like this. You're damn right I come in dressed like this, Jets fan. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I just um, hope you get past customs with all that gear when we landed Heathrow on Thursday night. <laughs> I mean, it's the same colors as the flag. I'm sure they'll. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> as long as I'm drinking tea off the plane, I think it'll be. I'll just fake my way through it. Um. <laughs> yeah, Grump, I'm going to be taking you to a tea house more over there because, you know, I can't drink anymore. So uh, we're going to have high we're going to have high tea at the palace. What do, you, what do you think about that? I think that's very kingly of us. That's right. Well, when you're three and one, you can have such regal. Uh, treats <laughs> nothing adorns a bald head more than a crown you know <laughs> um all right so th- this game the giants kicking fucking ass by the way um <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean I- i'm not gonna try and sit here and tell you that the giants are nfc championship material um but they okay so they entered this game right with a team that we argued was similarly constructed, similarly rebuilding their thing. We had kind of differing opinions on how we view them. I view them as a year behind us because they are a new front office that inherited a quarterback, and he is only like a year into their thing. But they're stuck with him because they traded so much. I mean, I guess they're not stuck with him, but they're they're sort of cornered into— They're invested in him. Yeah, because of how much they traded to move up to get him. Um, you viewed them as being a year ahead of us in the rebuild— because you view Justin Fields currently as their franchise QB. It's too early to say he's not, despite yeah. the fact – which is, I think both viewpoints are pretty fair. Yeah. Regardless, we, we viewed these franchises as comparable. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to get into the specifics of the game and whatever, uh, but I would say 
at the game is always a little bit more stressful because you've got mm-hmm. other teams fans kind of heckling you a little bit. You've got other Giants fans kind of complaining. You can't really see the field properly. You just don't know properly. what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's a little different. Rewatching the broadcast, I feel pretty convinced that had DJ not gotten hurt, they would have scored. They would have had more points than they've had all year, which is kind of what I was hoping for from this game. Their highest point total thus far this year is 21 points. They scored 20. They had a missed field goal this game. We'll get into all this stuff. But before DJ got hurt, they were really moving the ball pretty well despite whatever. We're going to get into all of it. But I was pretty confident that had he not had to come out of the game and then come back and play with basically one foot, um, they would have scored another touchdown, eclipsing their, their point total thus far. Um, which is what I wanted to see out of this game. Yeah, that was it. I I yeah. felt strongly that they were going to win, but how they won, how the offense looked in this game, that was going to dictate a lot of things for me. Um, but so basically, we showed up on Sunday. It was exactly what I wanted it to be, grand total wise, in terms of game prep, how they were playing, etc. Now this game was a game where we ran the ball a whole bunch. The Bears ran the ball a whole bunch, but it was still a three-hour game because of all of the injury timeouts in this game. So why don't you give me a little bit? Do you want to talk about the offense first? Yeah, we, we have to. I mean, that's that's the story. All right, jump um, into it. Tell me everything you want to say or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I agree with you. We probably would have scored maybe another touchdown with Daniel Jones playing, but the fact is, you know, it's pretty amazing that we can being so one-dimensional. And that other touchdown might have happened because Daniel Jones was – such a dangerous threat with his legs. And that is because of his brains and because of his poise, I think, is why his legs were that effective. You could tell the difference in both quarterbacks on how they run the ball. You know, Justin Fields runs because he has to run. And that's, he thinks, run first. He's not looking downfield for a second or third option or a check down. He's just running with, a, with his head cut off. Where Daniel Jones... Looks like he's trying to find receivers that just aren't open and runs when he has to. And I think that's a, a huge difference between the two in their development. Now, again, Justin Fields is in his second year and Daniel Jones is in his fifth year. But, you know, when you are so shackled because of the lack of pass blocking, the lack of receivers who can do anything historically bad, to be able to, to – how many total yards did we have rushing? 270-something? Pretty good number. I will look it up because I had it and I didn't write yeah. it down. And, you know, Saquon Barkley obviously is putting in a career year. You know, he should be comeback player of the year. Um, and just Daniel Jones, the, the, what he's done on, on the ground is you – know, it would be interesting to see and probably scary once we start playing teams of a, of a lot greater caliber than the – the Carolinas and, and the uh, Chicago's of the world. But, you know, this league is a lot of garbage in this league. And there are a lot of wins that to be had in this league by beating teams like this. And, you know, credit to the coaching staff for adjusting really on the fly after, you know, especially after Jones got hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, just as shackled as we are, we've maximizing the most we can right now. And I think that's a credit to the, to the coaching staff and to Daniel Jones, even before and after injury. I'm going to hand out a star already. Um, we're sitting here on offense and it's to not Daniel Jones, but Daniel Uh motherfucker Jones. Oh, 
Okay. Um, so I went straight from this, just as like a, a fairly relevant aside, you know, I've already prefaced that like watching the game at the stadium is not the same as watching on broadcast. It's very different. It's very more stressful. Um, I went straight from this game to my sister's. Uh, there was like a family. It's my sister's birthday. Uh, and I was talking to family. They're all Giants fans. Um, the, you know, uh, her husband's family. They're all Giants fans as well. Um, it, and I, I was talking to them and they were like, I was like, what did you think of Daniel Jones? Because I was there. It's not the same. And he was like, dude, he was wheeling and dealing. Like, he's not really he's not really got a whole lot to work with over there. But you can yeah. see, like, the, the first thing that was said to me um, was his fakes were incredible. And that I can attest. I mean, there were several plays where I was just watching the complete yeah. wrong guy. Completely totally wrong guy. I was there uh, and I saw it. Yes. <laughs> the But on the broadcast, it was... It was incredible. I mean, they must have – I don't know if this is like Mike Kafka or whoever, like really, really stressed that they were going to just try and hit the edges for the Bears and just put them in bad positions. Mm-hmm. Um, the fakes were incredible. The, art, the, the zone read that they were running from time to time was incredible. Everything worked very well. DJ executed like a damn champion. The well, execution of the fakes, the rollouts, keeping eyes downfield to throw because they would put like edge defenders in a bind. Do I run up on DJ or drop back into coverage? There's a tight end behind me and they just have to choose. They have to pick their poison. He was perfect in the way that he, you know, made his decision making, choosing when to tuck and run, choosing when to throw. It was fantastic. It was about as good as I could have asked for given the skill positions around him. Um and I yeah. Here it is, Grump. The passing game, you know, we put that, the passing game has four components, right? It's got the quarterback who throws the ball. It's got the receivers who catch it. It's got the offensive line who blocks it. And it's the coaches who game plan it and scheme it. And, you know, this is not a very good, this is not, it's a terrible passing offense right now. But for anybody who wants to blame this passing offense on Daniel Jones or the coaching staff, doesn't really know football. And I think that's very, very important because you're going to see the stats, the, you know, Daniel Jones is the 30th ranked passer, you know, and, you know, all these different things. And he hasn't, he's lost his last 11 primetime games and stuff, but he is not the reason why there is no passing game on this team. And it's certainly not the coaching staff either. Uh, You know, you just have to look at why is he having to constantly run and make these decisions where the tuck it and, as opposed to uh, looking downfield. Well, usually he has no time to throw, and he has no one to throw with. So yeah, This was a very clear game plan to get DJ rolled out of the pocket, to not let him have to stand in there and get four rushers in his face. They exactly. know the interior of this line isn't good. They came up with a game plan, and it worked perfectly. But it is still, to, this is a point that you always make, forget what the coach's game plan, it's still up to the players to execute. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ was wheeling and dealing. I have to hand him a star for this one. And also, another hero game. Pleading to play on the sidelines with a busted ankle, Dable says, no, I see you limping. You, you're out. He has to go back out there. Doesn't complain. It barely even looked like he was limping when he yeah. had to come out. I mean, he was clearly hindered. He was not running. It's, he certainly had no extra movement, but he didn't favor it. He didn't lean into it. He it's wasn't a star wincing. for him for wanting to get back out there. It's a star for Dable to show in the restraint until he had to. I mean, both Absolutely. of them. It's because – We've said this before. This is not about this game, not about this season. We're talking about the rebuild is going to take a couple of years and it's a big picture. You know, if Daniel Jones wants to have any say in being with this team beyond this year, he has to be available. 
then he has to play. So if you have to sacrifice this game against Chicago for him to be able to play next week, so be it. I think, you know, I, we, we all want wins really badly, but we're all kind of realists too. So I think we are finally an organization from the coaching staff to the front office that seems to have some sort of a plan and not just faking it and making it up as they go along. And it's very, very refreshing. It, it puts us in more of an equal footing with the other 32 teams in the league. Um, more than that, I just, I, I really did like that when he did have to go out there, he just went out there and did his job like a fucking man. Like I said, like no wincing, no laying around, like just went out there, called his plays and did what he had to do, um, which was hand the ball off and play wildcat yep. receiver. Um, it also worked that, you know, we were able to run the ball too. All day. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. that was, that was lucky, but just still the fact that he went out, he was, he wanted to come back out there. He went out there. There's yeah. some players, uh, this is going to sound kind of weird, but like. There are some players that I think over the course of football I've watched will do something stupid, get hit, and then lay on the ground afterwards. Like, I, I don't know, like mm-hmm. almost like making up for the fact that they did something dumb. Like you got yeah. hit after the play. You're fine. I can't yeah. think of who I'm thinking of right off the top of my head, but there are like three or four players I always thought that about. It's like you, you, you're you well, always fine. You can get clocked clean, but you make a great play. You're up and you're running. You do something stupid and you're laying on the ground. You're, you're grabbing your side, whatever. It's like, oh, you just got hurt on that play only? I don't know. So, so Grump, let's play armchair coach for a minute. Well, no, hang on. I got one more thing on oh, DJ. Okay. Last thing is uh, this is another week of DJ being smart with the football and national audiences aren't going to say anything about it. But here is something. Anybody who just recently, and I did see a bunch of this late yesterday and today, anybody who just now noticed that DJ has wheels needs to come out and admit that any opinion they had on DJ is irrelevant because they never watched him. Right. There's no way you just decided and figured that out yesterday if you watched him. There's just no way. Right. I mean, for no other reason. Remember the play when he was running for the touchdown like the year? And tripped and fell. He outran everybody. He He outran everybody. Yeah. How how you like just forget that because he tripped over the turf that everyone complains about now, by the way. Wasn't that at home or was that in Philly? I think that was in Philly. Was it? I thought it was on the grass. We well, then there. there you go. That grass isn't better. I don't know. I'm just kidding now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just in general, like even then, even if he tripped and fell, does not mean – and I think he like clocked the highest top speed of any quarterback of all time or something at one point. Not that that well, means anything. I don't know anything. about that. That doesn't <laughs> really – Vic might have a comment about that. Well, but I don't think they tracked him. Oh. Like, since they introduced whatever into the league, I think he outran Lamar Jackson. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's faster than Jackson, but it does mean that it's, he's fast. Mm-hmm. There's no way you didn't know that in, if you were paying right. attention. It's of just course. dumb. Armchair coach for a second. After um, uh, what's it gets hurt and he has to come back in the game, why don't you just run the Wildcat the rest of the game? Why even bring him out there at all and risk anything? I mean, uh, you know, there are some, you know, they had him lined up as a wide receiver for a few plays. Um, I, I, I am assuming to get the play in, I think, was the He's reason. He's the only one. It. Him and Tarot are the only ones with the mic, I thought. Right, but you can't uh, you can't pass it off if you have to to, like, uh, someone else. I don't know the answer to that question. But I assume that, like, not all helmets fit the same. Because my fear was They also that... have numbers on them. I, I, dude, I, don't, I actually don't know the answer. I, I don't think yeah. you can. That, may be, may, that might be the reason, but that's a, that's a silly they need to change that then for a situation like this where a guy who clearly should not have been on the field was on the field. And we're, we're talking all about Tua and the, and the concussion. Well, this is not a concussion, but 
he clearly should not have been playing. At, at this point, player safety is player safety, I think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if that's the, if that's purely the only reason, because my fear was that, you know, some cornerback was just going to blast him, you know, because he's fair game. He's on the field, you know, or, or something. So that, I guess we kind of answered my own question with asking why we did that. But um, I there's certainly a fart I want to give on the offense. before the, Before the obvious ones, like, you know, we'll talk about the receivers in a minute. Tyrod Taylor gets such a huge fart for me. I almost want to overdose on X-Lax with the guy. You have one job on this team. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is a really important point you're about to make, and I did not understand what you just said. You have such a big fart that you're going to take X-Lax? Well, isn't that what you use for farts? It's laxative. I guess that would just make you shit your pants. Is that what you were aiming for, or did you want something to make that stop? I guess I need to stop. So let's go back and we'll just start that one over. I'm going to keep it in. I mean, I'm, I'm not editing this out. It's too funny, but yeah. Okay. So I guess what do you use when you have gas? What do you use? Pepto? Um, I, I guess so. Yeah. It's one of the things they say in the commercial. Okay. So Pepto. Okay. Okay. So the fart was so huge. I'm giving Tyrod Taylor that I need to overdose on Pepto or Metamucil or whatever it takes to get my stomach feeling better. Here's my point. You have one job, Tara Taylor. Your job is when you come into the game on an emergency basis, you just get us through the game. Get us through the season. You're a backup quarterback. It's not your job to make plays out of nothing. It is not your job to, to lay out to get an extra yard. We don't need to... We are thinking big picture and forget about the rebuild. I'm talking about for the rest of this season. We do not want to fall into Jake Fromm territory. We have to use our third string quarterback and the offense looks 10 times as bad as it did this week. If you're trying to audition for a starting job somewhere else, you have no purpose on this team. And I very honestly would cut his ass today because his head, he does not understand what his job is on this team. And he put this team in significant risk. So I get it what he can do. I mean, he's a below average quarterback anyway. He's not a starting quarterback. He doesn't understand what his role is in this league. And he certainly does it on this team. And I was, and Grum can attest, I was beyond pissed when he when he went out and why he did. And to me, there, I, I don't have a, a use for you on this team. So get rid of him. I, 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 can, I can do you one better because I was just as pissed for all the same reasons. Um, but let's, let's take it back. I mean, he had a couple of good plays. He did make some people miss. He had a pretty sweet spin move. Uh, he, he, ca- he, I believe got two first downs on his own with his legs and that's fine. He was at those times executing the offense as it was designed. Um, because he is a mobile quarterback, he can run DJ's offense, which is perfect, which makes him a great backup. But exactly as you said, this is not the same as DJ has kind of a bum ankle. We're going to play you this week and DJ is going to back you up or DJ's out this week. So you're going to be the starting quarterback and we're elevating Davis Webb from the practice squad. He'll be your backup. Those are different scenarios. In those scenarios, Tarod Taylor is the starting quarterback and must do starting quarterback responsibilities, which mm-hmm. is get the extra yard. Of course, it's on a restrained basis because he's not truly an NFL quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. You don't think you can do the same things that you can do with DJ. But those are the situations where you're fighting for yards a little bit because you have a backup on the bench now. When you come in as the backup because the starter is hurt, you are the last line. 
exactly as you said, you have to get through the game. Now, he did something else stupid, which was the arm punt. On first and 10, stretches the field in this lofty hot air balloon throw to Darius Slayton that was picked off into double coverage, picked off. And some people were like, yeah, well, you know, it, they started on the four. That wasn't that big of a risk. It was double coverage. Darius Slayton's the only one out. There's nothing that says that when he catches that, he's getting tackled. He and could have returned that out to the 40 for all we know. And the play he got hurt. It's not like we were down. He we initiated contact on that play. Yeah, we were winning. I mean, it's not like we were losing. He's trying to do anything impossible to win the game. We already were winning. I know it's just it's just incredibly poor judgment, and it just again, those are the types of things you're seeing for a guy who's auditioning to be a starting quarterback, either with this team or somewhere else, and we can't have that. Also, I understand the idea of throwing the deep ball to Darius Slayton to keep them honest when a backup quarterback is in, and that's fine. But when you see it's double coverage and you're just trying to keep them honest, throw it out of bounds. Yeah. Just throwing it is keeping yeah, them honest. That's just bad quarterback, but that's execution, and that's just I can I can live with that a lot more. I than, can if it were the only mistake he made. When you put it into the into into the isolation of the seven or eight plays he fucking ran, two of them were stupid. Come yeah, on. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm with you. Yeah, that is a solid fart for me. That's a Pecto yeah. fart for sure. I'm not going to cut him like you are. I understand what you're saying. I just, I'm not as livid as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with all of your points. I mean, we lived through the Jake Fromm experience last year. And you could see how it can, it not only, it, it sabotages the final, it makes the final few games of your season completely irrelevant. And you can't, you can't use it to evaluate anything. It's just, you know, you know what you end up doing? You end up doing quarterback sneaks. On second down on your three-yard line. And talking about that for the next six years. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hand out another star before we fl- – I mean, we'll, we'll keep talking about the offense. I don't want to flip the yeah. defense yet anyway. But uh, Barkley's getting the star for me um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, shit. He was running like an animal. I mean, mm-hmm. you could see it on his face, close-ups of replays. I mean, even just when he decided to turn on the Jets and hit the hole – you could see he was a madman this game. But we can also just look at the stats. 31 carries for 146 yards. 146. He is currently the NFL rushing leader in yards. And he is the franchise fastest person to 400 yards, I believe. I mean, it's this really is a fantastic am- start for him. It's amazing because we have absolutely zero passing game. We have a very suspect offensive line and every single person knows we're going to be running the ball vast majority of the time. And he's still executing. Well, that also speaks to the, the zone read game as well. Now, Daniel Jones, I I do want to give the fakes were incredible. A lot Mm -hmm. of guys do the play action fake and and whatever. And they're just kind of like cavalier about it. Mm -hmm. Dude, even the broadcast, I was losing who had the ball. Like he, they, they were very, very good. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that he's like Houdini, the best quarterback fake handoff guy of all time, but these were really well. He's getting fakes. really good at it. Yes. And that speaks to the success of the running game as well, because it really kept the bears guessing. I mean, they really didn't know if Barkley was going to get the ball or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to the credit, Barkley was doing a good job of selling the fakes. Running backs are probably the worst culprits of lazying out uh, fake handoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the reverse the field play on the busted screen was one of those all-star plays that um, elevate a running back to a offensive weapon status. And we're going to have a Barkley debate. That's not really part of this, but it is mm-hmm. one of those things that makes somebody more than just a running back. Oh, uh, sure. It, it was it was unbelievable. And and you know, 
DJ throwing a block out there, uh, also fantastic. The biggest thing for me is that Saquon essentially had to take over quarterback for an entire fucking quarter. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the entirety of the fourth quarter, we had no quarterback. <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, that's not entirely true. We had no DJ for the entirety of the fourth quarter. I think Terod only made it through two series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest was just pretty much Barkley at that point. Running a Wildcat offense um, to success, by the way. They ran like three straight Wildcat plays. Um, and they just kept getting first downs. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then it pretty much at that point, it was just going to be leaning on the running game. Now, thankfully, when the injuries happened, we had already had such success. 262 rushing yards total in this game, by the way. Um, they were gashed. Yeah. They, I mean, they were just so winded that we were able to bleed out the clock the way that we hope that mm-hmm. we can in that scenario. I guess, you know, I don't know if we just give it a fart or just a, a scratch your head, but... <laughs> These receivers, man, <laughs> they're um, just bad. They're bad. David Sills is not good. He didn't have He's a great good. game either. You know, um, what's the what's the status of the uh, the injury status to uh, Galladay in his ankle? Oh yes, okay. I have injury statuses on everybody as of today. I'll I'll just run through the offense really quickly because we did not know at the time that he hurt his ankle. Well, also, I mean, they were running a lot of 13 personnel in this entire game also. So we had all three tight ends out there. Uh, I don't have like the snap breakdowns, but it was a very high percentage. So they just didn't have a lot of receivers out there to begin with. Right, right, right. But, but, you know, we we had a nice debate about uh, Galladay on the train ride home. And, you know, again, we we weren't even aware that he had hurt himself. So, uh, you know, that changes a little bit of the perception about him. But still, I mean... How could this receiving core be worse than last year? I guess they are, right? Well, they are because uh, there's no Shepard. Well, Shepard was out most of last year. Tony wasn't here at all yet this year. He didn't play at all at the end of last year either. I'm talking about towards the end of the season, like from the second half on. I am. What are you talking? I'm not going to grade the wide receivers from when Daniel Jones was out last year. You can grade wide receivers on their own. Just you know, I can't. No way. We didn't even throw passes towards the end of the year. What are you talking about? I can't compare them to then. I can only compare them to like the middle of the year when we still had DJ. I okay, the, but we're getting we're getting less production now with absolutely than we had with no quarterback last year. We that's, came into this season with a worse wide receiver group. That's what I'm saying. I was like, that was that was the original thing I said. Is yeah, how, no, I agree with you. How we did just, they get worse from last year? We, we decided to just let it happen. Yeah, uh, they didn't really. I mean, well, they I mean, didn't have money to help. Well, I mean, and also having Tony and Wendell Robinson out. Is... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the the coaching staff did address the wide receiver group in the draft, and they haven't been able to see that yet. Uh, right. I think right. we had like maybe four or five plays with him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So here's quick rundown of injuries on the offense. Daniel Jones ankle uh, is quote feeling better today. We'll see how that goes. Terod mm-hmm. Taylor is in the concussion protocol. Um, you originally asked KG. His knee is not looking promising for Sunday, but uh, I, you know, when Dable says that guys aren't going to play, that to me, I have no timetable. Even if it sounds like, oh, he's not looking promising for Sunday, sounds like he'll be back the week after. With Dable, I'm not buying that. If he says mm-hmm. he's not playing, then I have no idea what he's like. Kadarius, Tony, and Wanda well, also Robinson factor are both in making progress. Also factor in also, you know, there's a six-hour flight. We're going to London. All this stuff. They might just be like, you know, something. Maybe we don't want them on a plane for that long with the with the, you know. They are also flying on Thursday for having a practice on Friday. So yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, 
Evan Neal and Mark Lewinsky both left the game at certain points um, yesterday. Glowinski came back. Neal stayed out. Neal had a neck thing. Glowinski ankle. Both should be fine for Sunday. That's the quote. So that's okay. the offensive injury list. Do you have any other offense takes? I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's still up in the air. If, if Daniel Jones is going to be out for any extended amount of time, we're looking at an offense. I, I guess I can't say that it's be as bad as last year because, you know, Saquon Barkley is right now one of the could be one of the five best weapons in the league at this moment. So we just got to rely just heavy, heavy, heavy on Barkley and just, you know, teams are going to have to load up and try to stop him. If they can, we're hosed. We have no passing game. So I, I just, it, it, there's nothing you could really do once the season starts. This isn't baseball. You can't just make a trade and, you know, and, and get a, a closer or basketball. You can, you know, pick up a point guard if you had to. I mean, this is it. This is the, this is the, the hand this coaching staff has been dealt with, we nothing is that surprising from what we thought in the offseason. We just have to deal with it. Unfortunately, you know, the Wando Robinsons of the world, the Kadarius Tonys are still not on the field, and it's making a bad situation worse. And um, I don't really care about having to lean on Barkley for the England game anyway. It's going to rain. The fields are always shitty. They're very, very torn up, I feel like, by the middle of the game. So I'm okay with leaning on Saquon for this game anyway. Well, I mean, if we weren't facing you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the, and the potential for a shootout. I mean, we, we're not facing shootout Justin. Who are we throwing to anyway? So. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like we're not facing Justin Fields next week. We're facing. No, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. in general, the England game is always weird. The, the travel mm-hmm. screws everything up, you know, upsets happen all the time. They're always, they're either low scoring or high scoring. It, it usually looks like a shit show. So, you know what, of all games to be kind of, I don't know how DJ is going to be. Uh, I guess I'm worried about his ankle on the, the field sure. a little bit, obviously. But if we have to lean on the running game and it doesn't work, that's that's a fine way to lose this game, I guess. Yeah, I mean. I, with the, I mean, this that's super not fan talking. That's like. Yeah. That's like 60 foot view talking. But yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's flip it to the defense. I want to congratulate without giving. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give a couple of stars, right? Okay. Um, but the first one is just going to be a general acknowledgement for a team that struggled to stop the run last week against a team that we thought would run hard. You know, with a backup quarterback in, great uh, running back. They struggled to stop the run last week. This week, they did not struggle to stop the run. Now, total, Chicago had 150 yards on the ground, 50 of which, though, were Justin Fields scrambling. Um they held Khalil Herbert, who had like 150 yards of his own last week, to only 77 yards in this game. Now, they didn't perfectly stop the run game, but they really, really, really made it hard for them to lean on the running game. They had and, to throw the ball. And even in Justin Fields' yards, I never felt like we just couldn't control him. It's like, God damn it, there he goes again. It was just, I felt it was contained. And it was just like, he's going to get some, but I never, I never felt at one point in that game he is just killing us with his legs. Nobody was killing us in this game. Yeah. Um, at least it didn't, it didn't feel that way. It um, certainly did. On, on their offense. Did not feel like – I mean, they had a couple of uh, successful deep shots, maybe explosive plays technically to um, their number one wide receiver. I can't think of his name. Begins with an M. Doesn't matter. He had a couple <laughs> of big plays. Um, That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, that really isn't um, – Mooney. Sorry. Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. 
he had 94 yards on four catches. That's pretty significant. But even then, it didn't really feel like – it always felt like maybe there was a pass play that could go for 20 yards or something. But it, it didn't really feel like they were just moonshotting us. I mean, they had one deep ball to beat Adore they felt I, They felt like isolated plays as opposed to they – they, they, they definitely did, did not seem like sustained drives. From exactly. The it was very That's much like happen. a big play and then two first downs and a field goal. And they didn't score a single touchdown in this game, did they? No, they just had four no. field goals. No, no. So, yeah, absolutely. Hats off to the entire defense. They buckled down. They got it right. They still had no Leo. And that leads me to my actual star is Dexter Lawrence. Same. The entire run defense definitely deserves credit, but Dex is a guy who needed to step up in this game with Leo, and he absolutely did. He brought the heat on passing downs from the inside. They held Herbert to 77 yards. Um, I mean, they, they pretty much did what they wanted to do, which stop the run, force Justin Fields to be the offense, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we wanted, and it worked. They they, yep. they couldn't score a touchdown. Um, they, 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 were, they had ample opportunity where they even started like in our – own zone where I think we muffed a punt mm-hmm. or something like that. That I don't know if that was in the red zone, but it was like within the 40 for sure. And they finally got after the quarterback. We started seeing some sacks pile up there. Mm-hmm. Um, great play by Aziz. I got I got a review if I really want to give him a star for the game, but the, the strip sack from Aziz Ojolari was an absolute game changer. Um, defensive notes from you? I mean... <laughs> We were worried about the rushing game. We were worried about the fact that what we were worried about was in the third and fourth quarter, we'd be worn down. And we certainly did not look that way. And a lot of that's because we were able to stay on the field by running the ball. You know, that's where it's total team, a total team star, I guess, you know, because if, uh, you know, if they're on the field for 20 minutes in the first, you know, the first half and our defense wears down, you know, those final two drives can be like what we've seen a lot of against us the last couple of years, but no, they were still fresh. They looked as fresh in the fourth quarter as they did early on. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, the defense is, is saving us so far in this early for the three and one record. I mean, that's a, the, the big part of it. And that credit goes to the coaching staff. You know, again, first part of the season, not having our, our pass rushers in, you know, we're, it, these are the type of games you want to see. We want to get to a point by the end of the season where we can beat teams we should. And so far we are doing that. And that to me means we're a little ahead of schedule. You know, I'm not judging the season based on wins and losses, the number of wins and losses or playoffs or not. It's, is this team better than it was when it started? And are they beating teams that they should be beating? So I don't, I don't think anybody, people may joke about the giants being three and one, you know, ha ha, but nobody, is putting us in that category of, you know, that lower tier of teams in the league right now. And that to me is, you know, a lot of that's for the defense and this coaching staff. Well, that's, that's the improvement, right? So I don't know why I just picked up the microphone like an asshole. Um, (laughs) That's the improvement is that this is a worse roster because of the cap situation Mm -hmm. and because they had to get rid of a corner. They had to get rid of a linebacker. I mean, they, they really, they were forced into making some bad, um, not bad decisions. They're smart tough, decisions. Tough decisions. But, but, but decisions that make you – Yeah, forward. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that hurts you before it helps you. And yeah. because of the upgraded coaching, they are, despite having a worse roster, performing better. I mean, aside from the fact that they're winning more games than they were last year, they don't look bad. Um, I mean, like, this offense that they were forced to run – 
basically because of the lack of talent at wide receiver, people being hurt in the interior of the offensive line. I mean, Shane Lemieux not still not playing is a for, fucking problem. Yeah, for what they're trying to do, it was that it was beautiful. Okay. They they executed right. it perfectly. And right. to your point, they beat a similar team. They they beat mm-hmm. a bad team decisively. Like I said, if Jones doesn't get hurt, I feel like we get another touchdown in there. We're looking at something like twenty-seven to twelve. That's not a close game. Mm-hmm. It's not a close game. Right. So that is beating the dog shit out of a team that is dog shit. So I, I, I don't know what more you could ask for in a year where you're clearly rebuilding. You've clearly made the roster just a little bit worse. Um, and term- injuries are not helping you. And injuries are just as bad as they were last year. They are yeah. just as bad as they were last year. And we were complaining that it was the whole season was derailed because of it. This mm-hmm. season is not derailed because of it. So, I mean, I don't care that we're – a bad three and one team because being a bad three and one team beats being a bad one and three team or oh and four, which well, is it, beats, it also beats being a good one and three team. Sure. Um, uh, one other thing I forgot to mention about the offense, really cool wildcat look, uh, with one of the plays they had all three running backs on the field mm-hmm. and Brita Barkley and Gary Brightwell out there. Definitely cool. Just based on the personnel package, I'm confused on who's going to get the ball. So It was definitely a kitchen sink game where you're just throwing everything out there and hoping something will work. But to their credit, I mean, it was an emergency situation. They went right to it, and it fucking worked. Yeah. It was clear that the practice was there. It's so. also not looking for something to work, looking for something that's not going to screw things up. I mean, that's that's oh, you yeah. know, efficient one in a game like this in which, you know. You know um. I, I, I want to – my fault. We veered back to offense, but we were talking about Dex. Mm-hmm. We were talking about offense. We are talking about DJ. We talked about Saquon. talking about Dex. Of these guys who I've given stars to, those are my three stars for this game. I don't know if you have any more, but I don't want to get into a massive thing here, but which of these three is most likely to be part of the long term of this team if any of them are? If I was Joe Shane, it would be Dexter Lawrence. I okay. just th- I just think that, you know, having a solid defensive line is so important. And, you know, Daniel Jones, again, I think is just a victim of, we've said this a hundred times, is a victim of bad timing, that we're not ready for a quarterback. We're not ready to spend the money on a quarterback right now. Saquon Barkley, you know, he might be playing himself out of affordability for us to make a deal with him. I think he's playing. This is the one thing I kind of feared was if he's so good that, you know, even if we were trying to bring him, even if we franchised him and try to work out a deal or not, it's going to be super expensive and I'm just not ready to give out these massive contracts yet. But a a guy like uh, Dexter Lawrence, to me, just, you know, we don't know how long Williams is going to be with us. They may restructure his contract. He may be gone. Can't lose both of those guys. So I, I think he's someone we have to lock up and uh, and keep for the long term. And defensive tackles are really raking in cash right about now. Um, yeah. I feel like the league kind of goes a little cyclically. Every like five years, there's a new hot position because of like a, a guy or maybe three or right. four guys. And like I think for a while it was like tight ends with like the Jimmy Grams of the world. Mm-hmm. The tight end market was super inflated. Um, I think we just kind of see those things. Also, I, I think if you get like a string of really good players year to year drafted, 
one guy getting a big deal just follows by the next guy getting a bigger deal, and then the whole market gets screwed up. So right now, defensive tackles are making a shitload of money. So if he walks, which next year he'll be on the team anyway, but if he walks the year after that, replacing him is going to be almost as expensive as keeping him. So it's almost better to just get the extension done out of the way during his fifth-year option next year and keep him around. I would be tempted to franchise tag Barkley, to be honest with you. Um, You know, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, At some point in the summer or the spring, we were talking about Barkley and ideal scenarios and, and the roster construction. And I think I said, like, the perfect scenario is for Barkley to be a monster so that we can trade a mid-season to a team that's got a legitimate shot. And your response was, if Barkley's playing a monster, is it not? Be- are we not like six and two? Guess and what? Here, here we are, three and one, and Barkley is leading the league in yeah, rushing. Yeah, but you know, so I think I thought if we would be six and two with Barkley being a monster, I thought it'd be a little more real, than, <laughs> re- real than it feels like. I well, mean, okay. To be fair, we, though, we didn't make the schedule. So the fact that well, the first four I, games I, I, are I, what they are. Of course. I know. But I mean, like, we are doing this with gumption and just, you know, literally making plays up as we go because we have no passing game right now. You know, let's see when we play Green Bay. You know, let's see when we play Philly. Let's see when we play Jacksonville. Let's see when we play these teams, what we really are. But he's the reason... He's a main, main reason why we're three and one. We're not one and three. That doesn't change my stance on, you know, if a team like Miami comes calling and offers the universe for him because they want to make a run. I'm certainly listening. Um, and not to, not to belabor the nonstop, never ending since the day he was mentioned and connected to the Giants, Daniel Jones conversation, but. I am definitely going to be keeping an eye on him and the way he's playing for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously, right? But I seriously thought there was like a 1% chance that he would be back next year. I was really impressed by this game. Um, obviously not for passing reasons, but just yeah. execution. The For the longest time, my biggest complaint was that it's very clear there's no X factor there. It seems like if there's a good situation, he can make plays. That's not really like a great quarterback. Uh, you know, Mm-hmm. It, it's it's somebody who's got to be good to get that second contract. And he wasn't good up to them. He just didn't have the pieces. I, he had no stats. He had nothing to make you say, I want to invest in you. Now, right now, right now, he's a car that has a fantastic stereo system. It's the best I've ever heard, but I can't drive it out of the parking lot yet. So I don't know if I, I was going to say it's, it's more like I don't a, know if I want to buy the car yet. Well, exactly. It, well, I'll, I'll put it. I think it's a little closer to this. It's like a great car that's running on all four spares right now. And you're just waiting for new tires from the shop to come back to put them on and see how it works. Well, I feel like we need wheels. I mean, I mean, again, well, I mean, so a little bit, right? If, yeah. If we needed wheels, there would be nobody on the roster that should be playing at offensive line, tight end, wide receiver. There are guys on this roster that should be playing that, that are hurt or whatever. Like Canarius, right. Tony, and Wandale run up and well, coming back. I mean, to Shane Lemieux the- coming back. Those people are on the roster. They're part of the team. They just aren't able to play right now. That's that- putting tires over your spares. And that's why I still I have I have not changed my percentage yet until I see what he can do. Um. Last couple of notes here. I am going to rattle off the defensive injuries because they are also kind of scary. Um, Aaron Robinson got hurt. Looked like his knee kind of bent uh, or his whole leg bent a funny way when he got blocked. 
Um, it is officially ruled as a knee injury. He is, quote, doesn't look promising for Sunday. Um, completely unrelated to the stitches, though. Julian Love is another one. Concussion. He's in the protocol, so he will go as the protocol goes. Hey, real quick. Yeah. Um, do you feel since the Tua situation happened that the league will be more cautious with these these protocol uh, situations right now? or By the league, like, do you mean handed down from the top office or teams just covering their own ass? Uh, both. Both? Uh, well, I would say the Giants are probably going to do it to cover their own ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably both. Yeah, I would say yeah. both. Um, it's weird too. So we had the, uh, again, don't want to make this a huge thing, but we had this conversation about Tua for the preview episode because we couldn't not talk about it. It was happening as we were doing the episode. Right. Um, but I was telling you, I watched the LSU Auburn game and you had mentioned that, you know, the announcers, the halftime show gave the same song and dance, but didn't really mention anything about the Sunday before where Tua got hurt and went back in the game, et cetera. Right. The LSU Auburn game, the opening kickoff, somebody went down to a pile of bricks and had to be carted out of there, brought to the hospital, the whole thing. They gave you the updates. Yeah, he was moving his extremities. That whole situation happened and you had the same kind of song and dance. From, from the announcer. I don't know who the announcer was. I'm not trying to shit on him. It's whatever. But, I mean, you had this eerie sort of, like, like tripping over yourself to be like, oh, the league is trying really hard. You know, they initiated yeah. all this stuff. They, all the, the same diarrhea from the mouth was coming out in that game right. as well. Right. Um, to, so to answer your question, yeah, I think everyone's covering their ass right now. It's very, very ugly. And the same thing the NFL never wants is – it's one thing if you're watching NFL Network and they're talking about the Tua situation. It's another when you're watching the NBC Nightly News mm-hmm. and they're talking about Tua. That's what they don't want. And that right. is what happened. They don't want it to be a water cooler topic. Exactly. And they don't want lawsuits. <laughs> Those are the two things. Um, the other defensive guys uh, – so for the two concussion guys, I don't think they're going. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that right now. Even be, There's also a thing about how much time you can be in the air at a higher altitude after a concussion as well. I just don't think they're going. Right. Um. Jihad Ward, Aziz Ojolari, Kayvon Thibodeau, Henry Mondo, all of them had some form of injury during the game. Thibodeau should be fine. I don't think his injury was from that game. He just played injured. Aziz, mm-hmm. I think, maybe tweaked his calf. They will see. Uh, Jihad Ward should be fine for Sunday. He came back in that game. Mondo got carted off. Don't even know what his injury was, but the quote was, doesn't look promising for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say doesn't look promising for the rest of the year, the way it <laughs> yeah. When you see a cart come out, <laughs> usually it's bad news. Yeah, right, right. Unless it was who was it uh, this week who took the cart out because he had to take a piss? <laughs> I forget. It was Did DK. You see that? <laughs> DK Metcalf, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, last thing I want to mention about this game, though, mm-hmm. this was the legacy game. I think they chose a great matchup for it with two mm-hmm. super dumb old franchises that are older than bread. Um, <laughs> The band bread or the, the no, both? No one's no one invented food yet when these teams came around. Um, but it was really cool. They, they and they they did go all out. This wasn't just we're wearing these stupid uniforms from this game. They painted the end zones in their Super Bowl twenty one uh, era thing. All the padding around the outside of MetLife was yeah. also, I guess, retrofit. Um, all of the scoreboards had like all like eighty even even. Just the simple digital clock was reduced to like, like we the LED Nintendo. dots. Yeah, it felt like we were playing Nintendo. For it, a was while. it was fucking cool. awesome. It kicked cool. and, and by the way, we got this sweet ass pennant that is super nineties, eighties. Um, this is one of the cooler I mean, you can handouts. See that or not? But yeah, yeah. this cool. is one of the cooler handouts that we've ever gotten as well. I know yeah. it's like no big deal. Whatever. This is fantastic. Um, I would like a legacy game once a year. You know, I the one thing I will say is I've noticed this also is that you know. 
when they do these things like Ring of Honor things, you only have 12 minutes at halftime, right? And I, and I know well, this they had they, this one was the naughty by nature right, performance, right? right. right. I'm yeah. just saying, just in general, when they do stuff like that, I think they should do those things before the game starts as opposed to halftime. They, all these things always just seem so rushed. Like even like again, we were laughing about naughty by nature because their microphones wouldn't work. But you're trying to jam in so many things in a short amount of time; it doesn't have the impact that it should. So. I, mean, I don't think halftime shows should exist. I mean, if you want to do right. a thing on the field for halftime, right. you have 12 minutes. Go but, ahead. But Be my guest. Like, but to make it a big performance, a big ha- – a big, I, I agree with you. I'm totally agreeing with you here. Yeah. Uh, there, halftime for the Super Bowl is extended. It's like a half an hour or something like that. It's oh, it's long. Yeah. It's super long. You can do stuff like that. A, I don't need you to do this shit. Halftime – nobody even watches the halftime shows. Even if they have the Ring of Honor thing, like the line for the toilet is still massively well, long. About. Like it's I mean, not – it's just not a – no one's guys, watching. Nobody cares. Give these guys the respect they deserve. If you're going to do a Ring of Honor thing and you're going to you know, have everybody come out and stuff, you know, there's so much nonsense before a game starts. Like do the proper justice that it deserves and not just try to cram it in something that quickly. I know that they probably assume that people are still out tailgating or buying food or hanging in the concourse, but if, first of all, if they're in the concourse and they hear you announcing shit, they're A, either watching it on the screens all over the concourse, well, or they'll just take. walk back to their seats. Well, here's my take. You know, Ring of Honor should be something of important people should be in it. And if I'm hearing that Lawrence Taylor is going to the Ring of Honor, I will be in my seat. If you start watering it down to, you know, as somebody who was popular 20 years ago, and they're not showing it for their seat. Are they really worthy of the Ring of Honor? So, uh, I mean, it has felt like they've crammed in their Ring of Honor things like every year. Mm-hmm. Like they they've they've made them smaller to fit more on there. Right. I mean, no. You and I noticed that this year. <laughs> we noticed that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This isn't a griping session. I thought it was cool. I think they should yeah. do one of these every year. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fun. And by the way, I don't want to change the uniforms forever because this is the point you made is that. Once you do that, it's not special anymore. Mm-hmm. But every single player does look cooler with the fucking st- with the with the sleeve cuffs. That they, they all look badass. I'm just I gonna think, say that. I think you should do once a year do the uh, the color rush. Once a year do the heritage, and then keep our uniform. I still think it's the best uniform in the NFL. The NY is, you know, it's old school and clean and simple. The uniform, just the blue, is great. You know, it's not like we have something horror. It's not like we have a tacky, you know. Like the the Patriot one is tacky, but oh, they have the cool ones they try out once a year, or the Bucks one, or something. It's we have a great uniform, but once in a while, mixing the old ones, I'm completely fine with. I agree with you. Um, around the league, Dallas uh, beat the Commanders. Um, the Eagles beat the Jags. They both uh, the the Eagles came back to win that game. Unfortunately, twenty nine twenty one there. Um, so that means the NFC East is four and zero. Philadelphia Eagles, three and one Dallas Cowboys, three and one New York Giants, and then there's like another team, I guess. But that's not the NFC least of the last five years. No, I mean Philly is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Dallas is a legitimate playoff team. We are winning games, so that's that's a definitely an elevated. Um, With the expanded the playoff, starting out your first four games, three and one definitely puts you in wild card talks with the ex- extra sure. wild card spot it's not outlandish after four games to say that there's a possibility there why no. not i mean it's fucking yeah. three and one yeah 
We, we we only deal with the win and loss column when it comes to playoffs. It's not about who looks good. And yeah, that's we, right. As I said, there's no there's no playoff committee. There's no polls. It's just what you do. And right now we have two conference wins, which you know may help decide something down the road. It absolutely might. Well, how? So right before we we take off, you know, just feeling good, huh, Grump? I mean, so far we're. Hold on. Let me strike this whole thing. I wanted to say something. I can't get it out, and I don't want to say it now. I was I was going to start veering into the how do you feel at the quarter thing where we said we weren't going to talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So just, just scrap it all. All right. Um, all right. So going into next week, they will be playing at London for all of you at home. That will be a 9 a.m. game, so enjoy your uh, eggs and grits and bacon and muffins and whatever it is you have for a nice, <laughs> whatever it is breakfast. you do, <laughs> uh, put, put a little whiskey in your coffee, watch that game. We will be over there. Um, hopefully attending the game. If anyone has tickets, let us know. Um, yes. but we will Shameless be, plug. <laughs> we will be across the pond, uh, enjoying that. So that means, uh, that we will actually have a Thursday morning episode for you, not a Friday morning one, because we are leaving Thursday. Um, so that is the next time you will see us iTunes, Spotify, Google play, YouTube, of course, tell a friend, let them know this week, the just giants episode is going to be on Thursday morning, not Friday morning. Um, and that will be our big review of, uh, the Packers giants game on Sunday. I am looking forward to the game, the experience, and, it's your first uh, time across the pond, huh, Grump? It is. I, my only international travel thus far in my life was a drive to Montreal in college. Oh, this will be fun. You're gonna. This is this is my third London game for the Giants, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, show you around. I'm excited to meet our our international uh, friends, people who follow the show and we've met before, and uh, we'll talk more about that on on the Thursday show where we're we will up and everything. But but for for those of you, just in case you guys missed that one. Those of you who are going over there, those of you who live over there, those of you who live over there and are coming into London for the game, DM me on Twitter. Seriously. Yeah. Let us know, let us know where you are, what you're doing. We'll high five. We'll take pictures. We'll hang out. We'll drink. Yeah. Beer. There's a tailgate we're going to go to on a Saturday night, a Giants meetup. I don't have it handy. We'll talk about it on the next show. But uh, yeah, we'd love to meet everybody. And we also, as Grump said, we need tickets. Help us out. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Go Giants. Go Giants.